Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. Oh my God, we're back. We are back. It always feels like we're back. We're always, we're always back. (laughs) But lately that's been our thing. We used to just be together all the time. And now it's like, it's like we're intermittent, intermittent dating. We're intermittent dating, (laughs) but with other people. (laughs) Yes, we are. And with each other. And with each other. I know. I think, well, I said this on another episode, but I do think we're codependent a little bit. Our lives have turned out very different lately. And I definitely feel that when I'm not with you, Something's missing. <laughs> but, like, where's also, my friend? but you have also gained something new. I have. Which I want to talk about today. Yeah, we've hinted at a couple episodes lately, so might as well bring it Should up. Should we just rip the bandaid off? Might as well bring oh it up. Oh my goodness. All the, uh, by the way, why is your cup like overflowing? Is that all booze? What? What? The, <laughs> just like filled to the top. This She's got a red was, solo cup. Yeah, I don't know why I'm drinking a solo cup in my own house, but... <laughs> We went to the beach earlier today. <laughs> so Danny's in town. Went to the beach earlier today, which we had a solo cup there. And then we just came back and we just kept using the solo cup. So this is actually, um, I forget what it's called. That's but they seltzer? have these. Yeah, it's like a seltzer. It's like spiked seltzer. It's just like filled to the brim though. That's hilarious. It was the entire can. Oh. The whole yeah. can went in and I went with it. <laughs> I'm down. I'm down. Yeah. So we had our episode with Doc Jen Fit. And I was just listening to it today actually. And I was really impressed because she just went through a breakup mm-hmm. like in December. Yeah, like not long ago. And then she came out on social media like the day after she did our episode with us with her boyfriend. And I was like. But they started dating back in like February, like February, March, right? Yeah, February, March. So that's like really, I mean. Which I started. fast turnaround after, especially after what she has been through. Yeah. And I started dating my guy in like February, March. Ooh. And I was like, shit, I'm not ready. So I was going, dang, you know, it's so funny. They t- we talk about the comparison. But why are you not ready? We talk about the comparison trap and all of that stuff. And it's funny because, you know, I'm always thinking about not comparing bodies or not comparing where you are in business. But now I've been comparing myself to relationships. Really? And I'm going, oh, dang, I, I didn't think that that was going to come up. In what way? Like, what um, are you comparing exactly? Well, it's, you know, one, like how fast she got over her stuff. Because I feel like it's taking me forever. Yeah. You know, we actually asked that. If you guys have not listened to the episode with Dr. Jen Fit, make sure you do. Because the first half is, I would say the first like third is really focused on business. So if you are someone who's trying to build your online business and want to learn more about, she's a huge influencer on Instagram and whatever. Uh, But then we get into a lot more of the juicy stuff around relationships. And she actually went through a relationship that ended in infidelity and especially dating someone who was kind of of a high profile, very like kind of an influencer type. And I think I even asked her on the episode, like, man, how did you get over? Cause we've talked about trust mm-hmm. issues quite a bit on this podcast. How did you move through that so quickly? And I still don't quite know how she No, did. she said she was going through personal development, but I'm like, I've been doing personal development for like 25 years. <laughs> well, she did say to her credit, she was like, you know, I, we weren't married, yeah, you know, so that's, that's like true. one thing that was a little bit different, but yeah. I don't know. I mean, they were together for a long time. They lived together. Like, yeah. And I guess you just, I don't know. Yeah. It's funny because I actually text her afterwards. She had put up her post and I was like, Hey, 
I'm assuming you guys are saying I love you now. And I'm like, how did that come about? Because I feel like it's really close with me and my guy. But like, Should you what, just say his name? what was that like? His name's Jeff. Uh, Jeffrey. Jeff. Um, and I was like, I feel like it's really close, but I don't, I was like, I don't, I, that was terrifying me. And Why I think was that's it terrifying a, you. Uh, <laughs> cause it was just like, because it was awkward or like, because you're catching feeling like there's something yes. to lose. Like, what is it? Yes. Something to lose. One, I haven't had any really, um, I haven't, you know, I've, I've met some really great guys over the last couple of years, but I've been, and it's so funny listening to Jordan Shallow's interview and listening to Keith's interview. And they were saying things like, look, I was just focused on me. And it, and when you listen in one way, you kind of go, well, that's selfish. But on the other hand, you're like, I, I get it. I'm like, yeah, I was traveling. I was doing my own thing. I wasn't interested in having a relationship. So I was really focused on just not, I wasn't really focused on anything, but I was not focused on looking for a relationship. Right. So I've been in that space of just not really looking for anything, not, and even maybe even intentionally not catching feelings for people, like intentionally building walls intentionally. And I hate to say that I don't, maybe not intentionally, but subconsciously, sure. uh, subconsciously putting sense. up walls for, with people and not wanting to get close and feeling like for some reason in my head, I had this idea that maybe I needed two years. Like I had this kind of mm-hmm. idea that I needed a good amount of time. Like I need a year. We, we weren't even divorced for 10 months. And then I felt like I needed a full year alone. And I don't know, you make up these weird numbers in your head, like the scale or something. Right. But, <laughs> um, so I had this like vague idea that I needed a certain amount of time. And then I've been, and you know, this, like maybe the last eight, nine months, I'm like, okay, I'm open to the idea of a relationship wasn't quite ready. And I also felt that I needed to be in a specific place. Like I needed to slow down. So that hadn't happened yet. So I'm still thinking, I was thinking in my head, June, July, I'll probably start looking to settle down in Austin or Nashville. And then once I'm settled down and then I'm like, I could get in my address and like then start making an intentional effort to date. And it didn't happen that way, which is interesting. So I think it's part of the fear of What's been cool with Jeff is that he's similar to me in his travel and it's been working. And so I've been like, whoa, I didn't think this could happen. And, and you even had some guys who you were talking to months ago yeah. say like, good luck trying to date someone. Like you're on the go all the time. Like yep. you're not making time for someone. And yet you actually found someone who is willing to make that time for you, but is also on the go and also makes it work. Yeah. And you guys see each other a lot. We have been. And I was like, I've been calling it intermittent dating with him because it's been like five days on, five days off, six days on, six days off. <laughs> but it's been working and uh, it's it's just been weird. I think the scary part is like, I think prior to him for a long time, I compared everybody to Nate. Mm. I don't know if you did that, but I, I felt like I compared a lot of people to my old relationship. Um, because con- I don't think consciously, I think, but I also had it in my mind that I would date another yeah. entrepreneur, someone who was really, I don't know, an intellectual like that, like very like, I don't know, personal development oriented. Yep. Yeah, for sure. And th- I think that, and I think just, I don't want to say I'm scared of getting hurt again. Cause I think that's not quite when I say that it doesn't feel right. Right. But I feel like maybe I'm scared of having expectations. Mm. I'm scared of getting my hopes up about something because mm. I, I honestly just don't have any expectations, but I've been, I've been really digging into like, what is this fear? Cause I've been having massive anxiety. Like I haven't had anxiety in years and dating Jeff. I'm like, what the hell is wrong with me? I'm so anxious. And yet at every turn, he's made you feel 
completely secure, yeah. completely adored, completely taken care of. Yeah. Like, so it's not him. It's no. just <laughs> the getting in of the relationship. Because I think that's different, right? Like, I think that, you yeah. know, there are some dudes who, like, inherently can make you feel a little bit less secure. Totally. Or I've certainly dated them. Yeah. So when you look at objectively Jeff's actions and what he says and what yeah. he does, like, there's no reason to really be scared. Yeah. Well, even going back to what Jen said about having, like... Uh, intuition or feelings about somebody I'm like okay is it that am I having anxiety because I'm having a gut feeling about him and Mm, it never was that it had nothing to do with him I'm like this is definitely my own shit and so what is it and I think part of it was cutting off other people part of it was maybe the idea that I have a relationship that I have to give up my freedom and I Mm. didn't want to do that but it's been a process for me to just go okay why am I still okay the if the anxiety was at a 10 now it's at an eight Okay, why is it still at an eight? And then I figured out the next thing. I'm like, okay, but it's still at a six. So there's still something else. I've just been like digging into it. And I hate to say leaning in, but it's like leaning into going, okay, what is this about? Because there's been nothing bad about, like there's no reason for me to run away from him. I think, and this is my theory was, and I mentioned this to you like about a month ago or so, that like, I don't know that we really realized the amount of like, I mean, call it PTSD or whatever, but like the aftershocks of being rejected so painfully by the like most important person in your life and yes obviously we've worked through this we've talked about this ad nauseum but I think there are still some like echoes that you don't expect and you can only experience when you are in that new vulnerable place and these like the fear of rejection and I know for me it was the fear of I was very similar to you a few months ago before we moved in together around expectations because I was like well I wouldn't even like plan anything yeah I wouldn't ask to plan like a trip like a month out I remember Jill was like Jill's like well it's two weeks away I don't know if we'll still be together then I was like why wouldn't you be together in two weeks (laughs) well because you don't want to have any expectations right so like you do and I remember like I I said like at one point to Keith I was like well I didn't bring it up to you because I didn't know like what if we'd be together and he actually got like legitimately upset and mad and I was like okay and then we had obviously moved in together so I was like well at least we're gonna be together for 12 months, hopefully, (laughs) so we can start planning stuff out like for the fall or whatever. So I think there it's a combination of not wanting to get your hopes up because then you have more to lose. Yes. Right. And like the more attached you are to somebody or the more, you know, it can be really scary to feel like you actually have something to lose because, you know, dating take or leave people yeah if you're dating someone for a month two months, still the feelings aren't strong enough that like you're going to feel like a massive pain. It's when you're definitely, not with a person. It's definitely that feeling of something to lose. It's like, oh, now I, like, if guys got feelings for me, I could, I don't want to say keep it at bay, but I kind of kept myself just distant enough to not, like, go all in. And I had, you know, I liked, there was many, there was other guys that I really did like, but it was like I kept just enough distance. It was like kind of like keeping a stick away, you know, and... So this has been different. I think one, cause I was one, I think me just being ready for it or being willing to go there because I could have done the same with him. Yeah. Honestly. Um, I think it was like, I had been wanting something to change. I just was waiting for it to change in June. Right. So it was a little earlier than I thought it should be. And then it's like, Oh, now that I do like him and he likes me, and we're trying to figure out how does this look? And I don't know how it looks because I don't live anywhere and he doesn't live anywhere. It's like, now I'm, yeah, it's like, shit, what if this doesn't work? Now I'm scared about it not working, even though I wouldn't even want it to work in the, you know, it's just like <laughs> something I didn't want or thought was going to happen. Now I'm scared of losing. Yeah. 
So yeah, it's been really different. I, I'm curious about you actually, because I mentioned the comparison thing and it's something I didn't even think about till I said mm-hmm. it, but have you been, or do you find yourself comparing your relationships to mm-hmm. other people's relationships? You know, I have not, and I haven't even compared it to my, my marriage only because it is so different. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about this a little bit off air before we turned on the mics. And I think one of the things that is different with Keith is that I don't want to say it's a more of like a curated relationship, but for me, I feel like I know, I know myself a lot better coming into the relationship. And I think you probably feel the same as I, I feel like a fully formed human, like a fully evolved human. Like I could literally be by myself for the rest of my life and be single and be totally fine. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a different place. So when you come into a relationship like that, you don't have an expectation that this person is supposed to solve your problems or this person is supposed to uh, you know, uh, fill in your gaps. You don't have that expectation. So for me, I don't, especially if I get, I do get insecurity hits still and I get triggered and things like that, but I don't just dump on him like I might've in my twenties mm-hmm. and my early twenties with my boyfriends in my early twenties is like, there was no filter. It was just like, I'm feeling this way. You're making me this feel this way. Like deal with it. Right. And it was just like, I couldn't hold myself back. And now if I do get those insecurity hits, which of course I do, I just think about it longer. I'll either take it to you or I'll just digest it myself and I'll be like, okay, like objectively what's going on here? And I'm very conscious of not putting my old storylines on my new relationship. And I have just so much more awareness now that I've never had in any relationship up to this point. So to me, it's it's nothing like I've ever experienced before. It's just as good, but in such a different way that I don't even know what I would would compare it to. Like I look at people who are maybe how I was in my marriage Mm -hmm. and very like, we live together, we do this together. Like, and I'm like, that's amazing, but I don't, I, I can, it's like, uh, I don't know, I go to Gold's Gym in Venice, which is like the mecca of bodybuilding. And I can see these beautiful physiques that are like these women are getting up on stage like next week and they're so shredded and they're so lean and they've worked so hard and they've sacrificed. And I can now look at that body and go, wow, I really respect what it took to get there while in the same breath going, I would never want that lifestyle. Yeah. Same yeah. thing with the relationships. I can, see, I can acknowledge an amazing relationship from afar and also realize that that wouldn't be right for me. I see. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's been more comparing myself to other people who've gone through what we've gone through. So Jen, because she went through the infidelity thing and now she's coming out. And then also within the same week, it was uh, Lynn, who was Drew Manning, fit to fat to fit's ex-wife. She just got engaged. And I was like, oh, like she's on her second well, marriage. what's your goal and- though too? Like that's the thing is like, what is your goal? I mean, I think that's important too to go like, okay, because I, I couldn't compare myself to someone like Lynn who – actively like maybe wanted to get married no she did not oh really she did not and her post was all about that she was like he wanted to and she kept saying no 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 I'm never getting married again I'm never getting married again and then she did and I just I'm like romantic at heart so I know that you like you do want to get married again yeah but it's like at the same time I don't want to put that as the goal above anything like for me it's not about I want to get married I'm looking for my next husband that's not the goal at all it's like kind of like I like the the idea of getting married again but I also am fine not like uh, I would be okay if that never happened. Right. So I am just like romantic that way, but I'm also like, yeah, I don't want to set myself up to be like, I I see this happen all the time where women are like, I need to have kids. I need to get married. And then they're suddenly like desperate. And that's not where I'm at. I'm not, I was definitely not looking for a husband and I'm not like, we're not getting married this week either, by the way, guys. So it's just, I don't know. I think I, and I'm not comparing myself to her, but I was like, oh, 
Oh, I think that it's, I hold all the possibilities in my head now that I didn't before that we could be together long term or we could break up in six weeks. Uh, I don't see it happening before six weeks, but (laughs) Uh, I don't know. It's yeah, I think you can hold all of that. But I think it's interesting to watch somebody who's gone through what we've been through, like Lynn. And I've seen her journey. She's been with this guy a couple years now. And she was like adamant, like, I'm not going to get married. And then she does, right? Like, I see how people can also change their mind. So I'm also trying to not be so attached to any of it. And it's so hard to not be attached or have any expectations. So it's like that shit is fucking my brain. You know what, though? It's cool that I feel like you've detached from, like, the cultural storyline. Yeah. Which I totally have. I mean, like, when I say, like, literally, I could be alone and die alone and be single for the rest of my life. Like, that's actually the truth. That's not lip service. That's, like, literally, I would be fine. I love being in a relationship. I also loved being single for a lot of reasons. I don't think that there's a better or worse scenario. I think it's just a personal choice, and there's good things about both scenarios. And so I'm not attached to the cultural script anymore, which I, I talk to women all the time, and my clients too, who's especially maybe if they don't have that, their parents have that for them, or there's some sort of like expectation that it's supposed to look this way. You know, even going back to when people ask, I saw this meme like maybe a couple of weeks ago, and it said, "Stop asking women when they're going to start a family mm-hmm. because a family could be like I have a family, I have a dog, I have a boyfriend, we live together. This is a family." Right. Like it could be uh, a roommate situation as a family. You could be a single person with a dog and that's a family. Like and so just so don't say like, when are you going to start a family? Because that insinuates that like you have to have children or even ask people like when you're going to have kids. You know, I mean, I get it. Like it feels like a really kind of kind thing to ask and like interested. But I think for a lot of people, you don't know what their history is. You don't know that they had, you know, five miscarriages before this, that they're really struggling with infidelity. You don't know those things. And so I don't know. I think that we are starting to get, at least in our circle, starting to get away from this very kind of cultural, traditional script about what it's supposed to look like. And I like that because I don't know. I think it, there's actually like something nice about not knowing. What's one thing interesting about the cultural script that I was hanging on to was thinking that I needed to be in one spot before I met somebody. Mm-hmm. And I was really thinking like, because it's been two and a half year, almost three years that I've been uh, separated and almost a year since I've been kind of open to being in a relationship. And I was really like, there's no way I can be in a relationship with this lifestyle. And so I really did believe that I needed to be in one spot. And so I was a little disappointed in that too, because I'm like, I was having a hard time picking. I'm like, well, I want to be here, but I also want to be here, but I also want to be in LA. Didn't you actually talk to a dude who, uh, like you met on a Bumble, like on an app and he kind of like told you, he's like, good luck finding someone who's going to deal with your schedule. And it kind of, it kind of confirmed the insecurity you were already having. That was interesting. I like cried about that. I was so upset. Yeah. He sent me this nasty text. I was going to try to meet him and I was like, these are the days I'm available. And I'm only in town for this amount of time. And he was like, well, you know, you didn't keep a Friday open for me. Good luck with that. And I was like, well, I've got plans. <laughs> like, these are my days. And I was so upset. And I remember sending you that text and it was so rude. And I that was like a confirmation of like my, basically my biggest fear, which was I, I was like, okay, yep, I know I will not be able to find someone until I stop traveling. And so that was definitely, I think it's a cultural script. And the fact that I found somebody while I was traveling and it's also easier for him. Like it's, I was texting him the other day. I was like, can you actually believe that we've made this work? And it's actually been so almost like effortless where he's been able to go where I need to go. 
Um, I've been showing up where he is. It's just like, it's been really interesting how easy it's been. And I'm, he's not really in any rush to find a place to settle down. Like that's the, my mom's like, when are you going to settle down? And like, it's not settling down so much as it's just like, Hey, like making conscious decision. Like we want to see each other more. Yeah. And we want to make it more organized. We are trying to figure that out, but I guess the idea of like, do you have like your own apartment or house or address that you just always go to? And that's what neither one of us have right now. And so I felt that that was necessary. And yet it's been about three months and still working out. And I feel like it's probably going to go through the summer, at least this way. And we are discussing like maybe where we would be able to have like a central location or something, but that's a cultural script that I'm like, oh, maybe that's wrong. And even to Jen's point, she was saying, you know, we were talking about on that episode of you want these certain things and you kind of start settling and you start settling. And that's, I didn't realize how much I actually didn't want to like stop and pick a place until I met him. And I was like, God, thank God I don't have to, because I was really struggling with, I want to live in Nashville, but it's hard when I record the podcast in LA and then I have friends in Austin and I was like, I'm like, I don't want to pick between these three places. I don't want to pick based on finances. I don't want to pick based on just friendships. I don't want to pick based on just where I like. I like to have, I like too many options. My problem, I FOMO of everything, but now I feel a lot more freedom that I don't have to choose. And I guess I never had to, but because one of my priorities was to really try to find a relationship that I felt like I needed to choose. So I don't know. That's been an interesting thing. It's kind of nice. Like, I mean, one of the things about relationships is it does take options away and Mm -hmm. that can be nice at times. Like I think I've shared with you that like, if it wasn't for Keith, I probably wouldn't be living in LA anymore. Yeah. You know, but then like, what are you supposed to do? Like you fall in love and you're like, cool. Like, I guess this is where I live now, you know, and you figure it out at that point. So tell the people, tell the people, how did you and Jeff meet? Oh, God. So I feel like it's embarrassing, kind of, that we met on Bumble. No. But. We love Bumble. (laughs) We're always talking about Bumble. I know. Everybody, we always do talk about Bumble. I'm actually looking at some flowers that Bumble sent you from interviewing Alex, your chief marketing officer. That's right. So um, funny enough, speaking of Bumble, we have been really trying to support them and go to all their events. And um, I've been like, there's events in Vegas. And one of the girls, the like local rep there, I really love her. Her name's Laura. And there was a a Super Bowl party in Vegas. And I was like, oh, I'm going to show up to the Super Bowl party, say hello to Laura, like make sure Bumble knows I'm here to support them. And she wasn't there. And they had these like Bumble reps, these like ambassadors. And they were like, cool, for you to come to this party, you have to download Bumble and you need to swipe twice in front of us and then we'll give you a drink ticket. And I was like, cool. I had Bumble downloaded, but I had Bumble BFF. I wasn't on the dating app for a while. But I'd swipe through everybody. Every, everybody. So if you're on the app, you know, like you go through enough people, it says you're out of people. So I was out of people. So I showed them. I'm like, cool, here you are. You can see that I'm out of people. And they're like, yeah, you have to swipe twice or we won't give you a ticket. Like they were being really like adamant about it. So she goes, we'll just switch over to Bumble Biz and just create a new account, like a new profile. And I was like, oh God. So I set up a Bumble Biz account, showed her. I swiped twice in front of her. I got my free drink ticket, went and got some wine and I'm sitting on these bleachers and it's the Super Bowl party and everybody's partying. And I don't know anyone. I was like, this is kind of lame. And the girl Lori went to see wasn't there. So one, there was another girl that I met at another Bumble event. She's like, hey, do you want to come to a party, a house party after? So I went with her. She's like, I remember this. she's like 21 or something. I don't know. She's young. 
So I go to this house party. I'm like the oldest person there. There's literally a 20 year old having a birthday. So I'm just <laughs> pounding drinks in the corner by myself. And I was like, I start getting drunk and I'm just bored. So I'm like, you know, maybe I'll switch over to the bubble date and just see who's there, like out of curiosity. And then in my drunken state, I'm like, maybe my ex is on there, maybe some other people. So I just start swiping and I'm in Vegas, start swiping, like drunk swiping. The next day I fly to LA and I was like, oh, I need to delete this and like delete the date. It's, but then I'm like, well, I'm just curious who's in LA. Maybe because I haven't been on in LA in like two years. So I'm, I changed my settings to be like within a two mile radius. Cause I'm like, shit, I'm not going to see anybody who's more than two miles away in LA. <laughs> you basically have to be in my lap to, for me to date you in LA. And, um, yeah, I ended up matching with him, uh, matched with a lot of people and, um, then we were going to go on a date and it was right before we went to Rhythmia. And I was like, hey, I know this is really LA of me to say, but uh, I need to cancel because we're going on this ayahuasca retreat and I like just <laughs> mentally can't handle. <laughs> I was like, Very I LA. can't. I was like, I'm not supposed to drink. And I think on a date I should be drinking. And just mentally, I'm like really anxious. So I'm sorry. I love it felt like we actually, we didn't stop drinking. I know we did not. Before. So yeah. And then. I was like, you know, I didn't talk to him during that time. And honestly, my arrhythmia experience as well was, you know, we did that whole episode on that, but I was really trying to figure out like how I could be open. And, um, and I, I got back and I, I deleted it. I texted him and I think I messaged him on the app and I said, Hey, I'm deleting this, but maybe we could text. And I, I wasn't really sure what I was, what my intentions were, to be honest. And we were supposed, you and I were supposed to leave town to Vegas yep. right away. And we stayed an extra day so you could see Keith and kind of just to get out of the way of you and Keith so you could have some alone time. I was like, well, I'll see what's up with this dude. And we ended up going on a date. It was a Monday night and um, went on a date and just, I wouldn't say hit it off, but we had a really good connection. Like we had a kiss on the first night. Like we went to dinner and then it was going well. So then we took an Uber to another bar and we kept talking until pretty late. And then we walked on the pier and we kissed and I was like, I really like this guy, but... Yeah, I don't know. Like he had just been divorced pretty recently. That was kind of like made me a little worried. And he was also like your guy, five years younger than me. So I was like, oh, I don't know about that. There was a lot of things that I wasn't so sure about. And then I was leaving the next day also. And that was the biggest thing. I was like, cool, nice to meet you, but I'm leaving and I don't live here. So, and he's like, yeah, cool. And I went to Vegas the next day, Tuesday morning. And he happened to be going to Vegas for business on Wednesday and you and I were supposed to go to Utah, but it snowed, so we stayed in Vegas. And he and I went ended up going out on our second date on Wednesday. So we went first date in LA Monday night, second date Wednesday in Vegas. And then it kind of just happened to be where the next time I came in town, he was there. And yeah, things just kept working out. So he came to my birthday. So dinner. tell us about, about him. He is Besides not- his name. Yeah, he's an entrepreneur. Um, he's had a couple businesses. You know, it's funny, his business now I don't know too much about. Like I've asked and it goes over my head. It's like cryptocurrency stuff. And he made me watch a YouTube video, so I kind of understand, but I don't know. Um, kind of a startup. But he is, yeah, he's also divorced, which I actually liked that about him because yeah. I felt like he got it and totally. also went through infidelity. His ex-wife had an affair as well. But his divorce was relatively recent. Mm. And I was like, yeah, you're going to need some time. I remember even telling you, I was like, I wish he would just go get some experience and then come back to me like in a year. Right. Or something. Like, I wish I met him a year from now instead of right now. 
And we were in Vegas one night. I got him drunk. It's funny. Like I, I was trying to get him drunk and then ask him like deep questions. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm going to get you drunk. And that was like the truth serum. But, uh, or maybe it was just so I could feel comfortable asking them. Um, but I, I brought that up about the divorce because he, his divorce was only final in December. So it's only been five months. Yeah. And when I met him, that was only basically two and a half mm-hmm. months. And, uh, he was like, my marriage was over way before the divorce was. Mm-hmm. And I think for many people, that's the case. But for me, it wasn't. And right. I was like, I might be projecting my own. Like, I needed right. two years. Yeah. And I think that was important for me to hear, but also to realize, like, my process isn't anybody. Like, look at Jen. You know, she's good to go in a couple months. And I was like, why did it take you me know, so long? You know, we actually saw a lot of people who got divorced and were immediately back in relationships in months. Yeah. And I remember just never feeling that I wanted that but I could understand why you would want that right away yeah again because that's your paradigm yep that it's like cool I'm just so used to having this one person that I live with and I tell everything to and whatever and you want to like quickly get back to that totally. but the longer I was out of that the less I wanted it yeah if that made sense so yeah. like I had to get to a point where it took me three years to like finally be like okay I'm maybe ready to be in a relationship again yeah and I was worried about that too I'm like am I just a rebound and I found out he dated quite a bit. He was like, yeah, I was getting calluses on my thumb from swiping. And I was like, okay. That's and you're like, but wait. <laughs> I know you. <laughs> but like, how many? When did you go? What it's did like, you do? Yeah. It's like on one Who hand, you, you, you want them to do that. And on the other hand, you're like, but, but You know, I, I actually really, I remember like one of my first days with Keith, I asked him um, how many people he slept with. Mm-hmm. And that's like, first of all, if you ask that, you fucking, like, you have to be ready. I can't believe you asked that. I know. I Jeff asked me that. I was like, first off, you never asked that question. Well, also, what were you doing? Why were you asking? We were. That? I think it was like maybe our second or third, like at, like real date. Did you expect him to give you a true answer? Um, I don't know. I just <laughs> because he is so reserved. Yeah. And he's also fairly passive. Mm-hmm. You know, like he can make decisions, but he's a hard time making decisions. And because he's so passive and because he and I didn't really like, like we weren't like full steam ahead for like months. I was like, this dude isn't experienced. You know, I was like, that was kind of a red flag for me. I was like, he doesn't have that much. Meanwhile, he was like a college quarterback and like played professional football. I'm like, so in retrospect, of course he does. And so I was like, well, you know, how because I mean, I'm not super experienced. I've gotten a lot more experience in the last few years than I did in the 12 years before that. But I said to him, like, you know, a ballpark. How many people have you slept with? Oh, my God. And I don't know what I was expecting. I think I was expecting a low number because he's so reserved and he's so, like, kind of quiet Mm -hmm. and just passive. The motherfucker told me, like, 50 to 60. Oh, Jesus. And I was like, good. I remember being like, good, okay. Like, yeah, you have had. You're like, you can be a little bit. Yeah. I liked it. I was like, that was a perfect number for me. Yeah. He was like hundreds. I don't think he'd ever. I mean, for, first for of all, sure. if you say 50, you probably mean 75. Totally. I was going to say, if he says 50, 60, it maybe is in the hundreds. Yeah, it's probably 100. <laughs> Which is better than like <laughs> eight. I mean, I mean, eight's fine too. Eight's good. I was going to say, it's better than two. Yeah. Nobody wants, well, I don't know. Fuck. I, I mean, know. some people do actually. Some people just want to be the one. But I just like, I like the idea of like people having experience, I think. Yeah, I like the people. I like the idea of people having experience. The uh, it's not the experience so much as it. For me, it's more of like, did you get it out of your system so you're not going to keep looking, 
right? Because mm-hmm. I feel like... Is there any way that that's possible? Though? I don't know. I don't. Is there any know. way that like to... We call it like defensive fucking. Is there any <laughs> way for you to be like, okay, as soon as you've fucked 50 people, then you yeah. obviously You're like, I'm good. I've them. had my fill. But, like, know, I'm I was full. listening to um, an ep- I was listening to an interview recently with Mark Manson who wrote The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck and he has a new book out called uh, Everything is Fucked. And he is like kind of a dating guy, relationship guy. And he was saying that for him for a long time, sex was compulsive. It was mm-hmm. just like, cause there's always, he's like, we have, we have an option problem. Like we are too, we have too many options. And so at some point you do just have to go. Cause like, you could have, you could, especially if you live yep. in like LA, New York, or like a major city, like yep. you could literally, it's infinite. The amount of people you could sleep with. Mm-hmm. And he's like, at some point you just have to decide mm-hmm. like you're an alcoholic, same thing and that you've had enough and like just pick and stick with the you know stick with it because there's always going to be that dopamine hit of like well maybe there's a you know like you said like you get dick fomo like i remember it's like what if there's a dick i haven't fucked it's like they're all the same (laughs) yeah yeah like yeah i guess that's the thing is i i the only reason i want them to have experiences one because i want them to know what they're doing but also because i in my head i'm thinking well if they slept with 30 or 40 people then they're like tired and they're just ready to stop (laughs) i don't know i don't think that really happens i think that they go sex is sex i think if you have enough sex with enough different people yeah you just go sex in the differentiator i think some people decide that earlier you know they could be like after four people they're like yep it's the same i remember jade saying to me like right before we got married he was like so you're totally cool like having sex with like just one person for the rest of your life yeah i was like yeah yeah and totally felt that way yeah at the time yeah so i i was a little concerned that because for me right after i split up or split up I, I wouldn't say split up right after I got dumped out into the world uh I felt like I needed time and I needed to like grunge fuck somebody or like just be I don't know whatever I had to, I needed some time I was not ready so of course I projected that onto him and I was like oh he needs okay. time he needs to go fuck a million people and do his thing um but he's he definitely said he dated enough uh at least enough for it was just like costing him money and time and just not getting anywhere so that was good. And then um, it's weird. It didn't, uh, you know, I don't, it wasn't exactly like you and Keith where it was really slow off the bat, but it yeah. was very like unsure. And I had a lot of questions and I just had a lot of my own issues that I was dealing with. And pretty soon I was like, you know what, I, I kind of want to see what's up with this. And so I started getting reached out by different guys and I was like, Hey, um, I kind of want to see some, this person and see what's going on. So I'm not, available anymore to talk to you and that was kind of a crazy step because I hadn't told him yet that this was happening and then it was like a more conscious choice of and like telling him like hey I actually do want to see what's up with you and like we're not calling each other girlfriend boyfriend yet but I think I want to like just see you and then then I went to hair love retreat and he showed up the last day to see me speak and I introduced him I was like yeah this is Jeff they're like who's Jeff and I'm like my friend and they're like is this your boyfriend (laughs) I'm like oh I guess so they kept calling him my boyfriend and I was just so embarrassed like you told the story about the plane and uh later that night I was like what did you think about them calling you my boyfriend he's like I liked it I was like okay Okay. (laughs) he goes what'd you think and I just made this face and he was like kind of mad at me I was like I mean it's fine it's just weird and it's funny too, actually, Jen said, and I've heard a couple people say this, um, they don't like the term boyfriend because it sounds so young. 
and they'd rather choose partner. But for me, partner sounds like I'm gay, which is fine if I'm gay, but I'm not. And so I don't want people to go, oh, if I talk about my partner, then they it's think. It's actually cultural. Like in uh, the UK and uh-huh. Australia, they say my partner. Yeah, I just. not married. Uh, for me, partner doesn't sound. I feel like it sounds like my girlfriend if I say partner. Interesting. So I don't want to say partner. I Dude, know. I totally introduced Keith as my friend like two weeks ago in Austin, but like not on a purpose. Yeah. I was like, just, I was like, oh, it's my friend Keith, blah, blah. And then so later on he goes, did I just get friends on? And I was super embarrassed. I was like, you're so right. I'm such a dick because he always introduced me as his girlfriend. I'm like, yeah, I think it's because Jade like even hated saying like he hated saying girlfriend. He hated saying wife. He'd be like, this is Jill. And I'm like, we've been together for eight years. This is But Jill. yeah, he would just say, well, I feel like people are bragging when they call someone their wife. I'm like, so weird. But it's also a fact. So yeah. <laughs> so I Keith loved, is like, he said something to me a couple of times. I'm like, you're right. Yeah. I loved saying wife and husband or not saying wife. Obviously I didn't say I'm your wife, but I liked it. It's, it's just so new still. I'm getting used to it. It's like exciting. And it's like all giddy-ish and weird. But it's so different because, you know, the last three years it's been very, like I haven't been looking for it. And it's not how I thought it should look. Like kind of with you and Keith too, you're like, this isn't who I thought I'd be with. Yeah. And in some ways he's exactly who I thought I'd be with. But in other ways it's not because I just felt like I wasn't, like it wasn't timing right. Like everything was supposed to happen after June, right? Like I had this silly timeline of like, it needs to be three years. It'd be three years in June. And also June is when I'm going to settle down. And that's when I can start looking. And then officially, like nothing could happen before then. So it's so, it's like silly. We make these timelines. But I think that was a big weird ass thing in my head. I had an idea that I would be with someone who was like older. Yeah. And very established. Yeah. I mean, and Keith is solid. Like he's in his career. He's solid. He's, you know, he's very ambitious when it comes to that. But like, I think I had this idea that like I would be with someone who's like 50. You know, and I'm 37 now and I thought I had, you know, because Jade's 46 or 45 and I think I had this idea that like, oh, I'm going to be with someone who's like 50 and now it's funny because I'll see dudes out and it's like they're, they look handsome, whatever, like they're 50 and I'm like, no, it's not my vibe. <laughs> I'm like fucking skateboarding down the boardwalk yeah, in a bikini yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm not, that's not me. I'm, I'm dating a 33 year old. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. Actually, how's that been? Because I never before Jeff, I never really, like I've gone on a few dates, but before Nate, I should say, I never dated anybody. I would never me. have met Keith on a dating app because my um, dating, the age mm-hmm. that I had in my dating profile was like, I think it was like literally like 30 to f- 38 to 50. We would never have matched. I don't even know that his was. Oh my God. Up to 30. Actually, we looked at that with Jeff and... um the Bumble thing. So one, the crazy thing was that I put it on like two mile radius. So he had to literally be like in behind it, like in like our backyard or something. Block. And two, my birthday was about a week after we matched or a couple of weeks after. So I turned 38 and I was like, how, where was your, your thing set to? So if you're <laughs> on Bumble, you can set a range, right? So you don't have to, you don't, you're not matched with like 18 year olds. You can set it for like 25 to 35 or whatever. So I was like, what was your age set? I go, oh my God, if we had just been a week later, we probably wouldn't have matched because I turned 38 and he was like, he just gave me this look like, mm, 
I'm not sure. So I made him like download Bumble again to check and he actually did put it at 38. So he probably still would have met, but oh, I was yeah. like, it was close. I go, dang, it could have been like two weeks later and we never would have, would never would have matched. So, and also just, uh, you know, body wise and stuff like, you know, Keith is definitely, uh, the, the, I don't want to say the, the thinnest, but the leanest person I've ever been like low weight wise. I mean, he's super athletic, but I have always joked about needing like a 50 pound buffer. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm, a he- I'm pretty heavy. Like I'm 155. So like, you know, like minimum 200 pounds. He's like 185. Super athletic, obviously been an athlete his entire life. But like I probably wouldn't have like he's six foot, which is not gray area. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there were definitely some like, I don't know, just different. But you, that's the thing, right? It's like you have to honor it. I think you can yeah. stay in that box of like this isn't the person, this isn't my person, this isn't who I'm supposed to be with. Or you can just you can honor yeah. the feelings in the moment mm-hmm. and go like, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. So why would I? And I've been conscious of that. Like, why would I argue with something that's great because it's not how it's supposed to look? And I think there's a lot of freedom in that. Yeah. And going like, wow, I never thought I'd be with someone five years younger than me. Yeah. Never thought I'd be with someone who isn't in my uh, you know, in my industry, I, I didn't believe I was someone who was like, whatever, but yeah. I don't know. What are you going to do? You know, it's I actually, it. I don't know if I, I had made a list of like things, qualities I wanted. And I remember we did a, an interview with Elena Cardone and she just talked about how they did some party and they made a list. And then somebody told her to flip it on, like make a list of what you have to offer in a relationship. So I made a list of everything I wanted, like tall, good teeth, athletic, blah, 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 <laughs> blah. I mean, my list has like 38 things on it. And then I was like, that's a good idea. So I flipped it into like, what do I have to offer? Like I take care of myself. I have a good sense of humor, blah, 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 blah. So I have this whole list. I have like these two lists and it's on my phone and my notes. And if you look at the list, like Jeff checks, I actually looked at it the other day and I was like, literally he checks every single box. And sometimes like I actually had a guy that I dated about a year ago. He texts me and he knows that I'm in a relationship now. And he was like asking my advice. He goes, Hey, how much do we stick to these lists and these ideas? Like if somebody checks every single box, but there's something off, I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, well, this girl, he's like, everything about her I like, but her hair is really thin and it bothers me. And I was like, I go, you know, I could see how like a physical thing could bother, like maybe Jeff check, let's just say he checks every single box, but he's like five foot two. And I'm like, really need a tall guy or something. Or he checks every single thing, but he's got bad teeth. And there's that one thing and that's like on the list. It's like what I think you have to look at that and go, what am I willing to to give up? Like if I can't have everything, what well, are you the can't most have important, everything? Yeah. If what are the most important things that I that are on here that I want? So I was like tell I told this guy, I was like, you know, if she if everything else is great and like for the most part you're not looking at her hair all the time, <laughs> then like why would you throw something away that's potentially amazing? And sometimes I wonder if we just bring that stuff up as a defense mechanism. So I know first, like, you know this too, when it came to Jeff and I at the beginning, I was definitely looking for stuff to just be like, yep, he's too young or his divorce just happened. Like I was looking for things to just let it go. Part of, I think was that defense mechanism for myself. And same with you, I think too, is like, well, Keith is too young and he's never been in a relationship. Like we look for stuff to like, we look for things to be wrong at the beginning, I think because we're scared of getting those feelings before it's... Well, also because we are so inundated with options yeah. that like, let's just say there's 10 things that we're looking for, right? In a person. And this person fills eight of them. 
Well, we could be like, wow, it's amazing that this person has eight of these 10 things. This person is a fucking rock star. And like, I want to see where this goes. Or we could be like, well, there's those two things though. Maybe there's a person around the corner that has those two things. And so Mark Manson talked about this on the podcast. He was like, you know, at some point you have to realize that like the, you could continue and continue and continue to search for like the 10 out of 10, or you could just be, and I think that's like, honestly, I think that's like women's dating advice is like, don't settle and, you know, like make sure you find your prince or your king or whatever the fuck. And I'm like, yes, but at the same time, like if something's really amazing, and like you can communicate around maybe the one or two things that are like not exactly matched up. Like, I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to date myself. I want to date yeah. someone who has different things about me that makes it interesting and makes it mysterious and makes it. So Mark's like, at some point you have to choose and just go down that path and then see what that is. Yeah. And then if you need to, you can always be like, okay, that didn't work. So I'm going to come back and yeah, those two things are really important to me. So I need to go and find those. But like the idea that like, because we have so many options and because we have a filtering problem that we're going to continue to look and look and look and look like you can look forever yeah. to find the person who's a 10 out of 10 or you can be like you yeah. know this person is amazing eight out of ten like i'm going to see what's up with that i'm going to yeah. cut off all these other options yep. i'm going to stop looking i'm going to stop searching i'm just going to go down this path now and learn as a result of that and i think that at least for me i've been very surprised yeah. at like how amazing a eight out of ten can be yeah you know what's funny about that too is that we, you can have, like, you've dated somebody who checks all the boxes. Like, on paper, looks perfect. I did, yeah. And that was a really weird experience for me, actually. Yeah, like, and you, important. you've got this person, checks all the boxes, every single thing you could have asked for, and yet, there's, like, the chemistry. Something is just not there. And so, it's like, what do you do? Do you go for 8 out of 10, but the chemistry is there, or you go for 10 out of 10, and, like, something is just off. And you can't put your finger on it. You're just like, I don't know what it is. Like, you're a great person. You're exactly what I want, yet you're not what I want. No. <laughs> yeah. And that's a really weird thing. It's a super weird thing. And I'm glad I had that experience. Like, probably a year and a half into dating, I had that experience. I dated this guy for about a month. And he did have, like, all the things. And he was so good looking and had a great job, was super smart, and was also divorced, had a relationship, had a 10-year-old daughter. So I was like, great. Wait, I don't even have kids. Like, it was like all these things owned a home, like, adorable me wanted to take me out like wine me dine me whatever and I, I was just like it wasn't there yeah I wanted it to be and even my mom was like you should see what's up with him and I was like yeah but like it's it's just not yeah. for whatever reason I think it was you know who knows timing wise yeah. headspace wise but also just no yeah and you feel bad because like I should and I think a lot of people get into relationships because they go well we match up yeah this should be a good fit this person adores me, so I guess I'll just default into this relationship. It feels good to be wanted. Yep. It feels good to be, you know, seen. Yeah, it just wasn't – there's no logic to it, which I think is hard. It is hard. Then there's... it goes to, like, online dating. The the clinicalness or, like, the, you know, of online dating could be like, well, we, like, share these things, so we should match up. And you and I both know we've gone yep. on enough first dates to go, like, yeah, it's a no. Yeah. Even though – on paper, it looks like a good match. Totally. No, it's so interesting with that. And so, yeah, I, I don't know what it is different about this. Honestly, I think for me, it's been timing and just my mental headspace because I've met great people that I had good chemistry with before who've on paper matched all the things on my list, but I wasn't ready for it. And I think that it was good timing. I'm glad I waited till after Rhythmia <laughs> and still like, and also he's showed up to 
like all the hard questions I've asked him to. And like you joked about the Danny J obstacle course. Danny J has an obstacle course. I basically have put him through. this dude through the ringer. You guys have like an adventure race. You have like a, he has like a little passport. He has stamps on. There's physical challenges. There's emotional challenges. There's mental challenges. And I told you like a few weeks ago, I was like, I hate to tell you this, but he's pretty fucking solid. He's he's shown up for all of it, and he's, he's been a good sport about it. And, uh, and he adores you. He does adore me. And now, after putting through him through all of that, now I'm like, shit, I better not fuck this up. Now I'm worried about <laughs> fucking it up. I'm like, shit, what have I done? I'm like, it's made so it. funny how that works, oh right? Oh, my God. It's like we could totally take it or leave it at the beginning. Like, oh, yeah. I'm good. Like, yeah. you'd be lucky to be with me. And then all of a sudden you're like, but am I good enough? <laughs> Fuck. I know. As women, we are just, we get I'm those like, insecurity hits I'm like, out of happened? nowhere. What just happened? I'm like, shit, now I'm worried I'm going to fuck it up. <laughs> well, I was I like testing him at the love. beginning. I was like, you got a strike. You have a strike one. You have a strike two. And then he turned it on me once. He's like, you have a strike. I was like, wait a second. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you can't turn my own game on me. But actually, I like that about it. I like that he kind of stands up to me because I was like, yeah. okay. All right, I see. It is both. It is it is something that, same for you and Keith, it's that we come in with our own insecurities and our own history from our exes, but they do too. Totally. And, like and you not, forget about that. Yeah, You're not like, recognizing whoa. like he's got his own stuff that he's worried. He's like, I said something about like, you know, look, I met Nate when he was 32 years old and you're 32. What if in 10 years you have a like midlife crisis and you disappear? He's like, hey, my ex freaked out at 30. What if when you turn 40, you freak out? And I was like, oh. Oh, I yeah. didn't, he's Whoops. like, what if you have a midlife crisis? I was like, okay, shit, you're right. What totally. if I have a midlife crisis? <laughs> I'm like, you know, we trust our own selves. Totally. But it's like, you know, you forget that they've got their own issues and thinking like they might think that I'm the one going to go crazy. I'm like, wait, you're the one that's going to lo- lose it. He's like, no, you are. So I'm like, okay, I got I it. I know. I mean, I remember saying that to Keith before we moved in. I was like kind of freaking out a little bit and I was just like, you know, like I just, uh, you know, it's like this past year has changed so much for me. And he was just like, Jill, you don't think it has for me too? Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah. Like you haven't really been a serious relationship for seven years. Like this is a big deal for you too. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah like you're allowed to have your experience too. We're but like, they're maybe there's less vocal. I don't know. We're like, oh, it's not just about us. Okay. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. It's a good reminder. Well, yeah. I love seeing the process and I, I really adore Jeff and I love seeing you guys together and I love seeing you happy and you know the cool thing about it is you were happy before and you're happy now and I think that's the key yeah is you know he's just added to your life and he's added to your experience and 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 the dude's solid he passes all the tests he passes my tests yep and he's jumped over through the hoops over the walls over the walls under the the hoops under the electric fence done it all Good job. <laughs> up the hills. <laughs> Andy passed the pip test, which I'm rubbing her belly. He did right pass now. the pip test. That was a big one. That was, was like, one. how is he going to be with dogs? Yep. How's he going to be with this one? <laughs> Not all dogs, just especially you. Yep. So Pip the Pomsky says, please subscribe to our podcast. And um, yeah, let us know and what you guys a think. Review. Yes, please leave a review. And then we got a suggestion for the 100th episode. We are taking it into consideration of having the four of us on to just have some discussion. So that, you know, be really juicy is have Nate, Jade, Keith, Jeff, and you and me. Dude, I would like to leave the room. Me and you just leave and the four of them talk. Oh, my God. 
Could you imagine? They would probably do it. I'm trying to think of who wouldn't do it out of those four. I think they would all do it. I know. I think Jeff would be up for it. I mean, Keith would be uncomfortable as fuck, but he would do it. I think Nate would be uncomfortable, but he would do it too. <laughs> Jade would definitely do it. Yeah, that would be weird. I feel like Jade would just moderate the entire thing. Yeah, Jade would definitely. Jade would definitely talk the entire time. <laughs> okay. Those are some things that maybe will happen in our dreams, but oh be fun to talk about. All right, y'all. Thank you so much. And we'll see you on the next episode. Yeah. Bye, guys. Bye.